for Geekspeak Live. I'm your host, Todd Bailey. Joining me on the podcast tonight... Wake up, and on Pots and Bands. Hello, big fella. Hey, mate, how are you? I am fine. I'm fighting fit and fine this week. I tell you, I've been a bit crook the last couple of weeks with flus and stuff like that, you yeah. know? Well, actually, I say I haven't had a flu. I had a cold. Oh. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because the minute you say flu, people go... And, and just don't want to be around They hold you. up their, cr- their fingers in a crucifix. Yeah, they start wearing those silly little white masks mm. and all that kind of stuff. It looks like, you know, there's... Someone's released, like, the super virus or something out there. But trailers have been released. Oh, so that's why we a healthy dose of whiskey and trailers. Yes. Movie trailers. Yes. Well, it was New York Comic Con last weekend. Okay, mm. now, uh, so we've got a lot of news coming out of New York Comic Con. I also want to talk... So on the show tonight, we are going to be talking about some comics. Yep. Uh, Batman White Knight, Sean Murphy. Oh, my God, Ginger, you wait till I show you some that's of this. That's a nice looking cover. Oh, the book itself is amazing, yeah. man. I'm um, also going to talk about uh, Batman 32, which is the uh, finale of The War of Jokes and Riddles. Mm. And uh, remember, I don't know whether we talked about it. Actually, we haven't done a podcast for a long time, so we probably hadn't discussed Batman proposing to Catwoman. No, Bruce we haven't. proposing to Selena Cole. Yes. Right, we're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Punisher, The Platoon, number one. That's a new book out by uh, Garth oh, wow. Ennis uh, from uh, Marvel. It's coming out with the Max Comics sticker mm. on it. So, a uh, new Punisher book out. And, uh, yeah, quite good, quite good. I'm, but liking, anyway. I'm liking you sizzling for, for later on in the I, show. Well, mate, I'm, see? I Sizzle. Just, I'd sizzle it away. Throw a little bit of spice on it. I don't know what the hell you'll make. That's a weird noise. Um, do you want to kick off with any New York Comic Con news, or can I? Or oh, go, go, go your hardest. Your hardest. Uh, you know, look, I've become a bit of a fan of Disney um, animated movies mm-hmm. since I got married, okay? Because, you know, my wife has educated me. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, like, she rocked up the other day. She, she was away in Brisbane for a thing. She rocked up home. We had to jump in the car to go somewhere, and on comes the Moana, Moana soundtrack. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. I can't get the songs out of my head, Ginge. Um, I am singing a line out, you know, the lyrics to <laughs> You're Welcome, that the rock sings and everything else. And right. Like, and the wife was with other she goes, if we have a kid, you're going to sing that to him, aren't you? I'm like, oh, hells yes. Um, while shirtless and flexing my <laughs> muscles as best I can like the rock. Um, anyway. Is, it, is that really going to be the first song you're going to teach your kid? Yeah, probably. It's, gonna, it's not going to be Red Solo Cup. Actually, it probably would be. Um, anyway, so there's some Disney news out of New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would appear that the powers of be at Disney Animation have decided to chop down their Jack and the Beanstalk animated film. Mm. Previously set for a Thanksgiving 2020 release. That's still, like, you know, what, three years away? Yeah. Uh, the announcement came over the weekend, okay? So no details regarding why they've suddenly decided to shelve this film. Okay. Uh, Deadline in the US reports that the date will be given to another animated title, which is yet to be determined. Oh. Uh, now, the feature was announced back in August during the D23 Expo. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Over in the States by John Lasseter uh, during one of the Friday presentations. A gigantic as it was going to be called, was to be directed by Nathan Greno, the guy who did Tangled. You okay. watched Tangled? It's quite good. So it was meant to be set in Spain during the Age of Exploration. Mm-hmm. The film would follow Jack as he discovers a world of giants hidden within the clouds, and he bef- uh, befriends a female giant called uh, Inma, who's 11 years old, 60 feet tall, fiery, feisty, and a lot to control. So kind of cool character. Uh, and she treats was you know, would be treating him like a uh, living doll, essentially. Uh, and the baddies would be storm giants. Well, Songwriters Robert Lopez and Christina Anderson Lopez, they are a husband and wife team, who wrote the Frozen tunes, uh, which, you know, once everyone starts thinking, let it go, let it go. We've got them to blame for that. Um, they even performed one of the tracks 
during the announcement at D23. They'd already started writing the songs for this thing. I don't know. It sounds a bit boring to me, to be honest. Like, um, like, like I'm on board with most Disney stuff. This sounds a little bit boring. What, Jack and the Beanstalk? Yeah. You wouldn't go and watch Jack and the Beanstalk? Like a new animated fresh I don't take know. on that? I, I didn't even watch the last one, you and McGregor in it. Uh, I did. Um, yeah. That was actually not a bad film. It wasn't great. You certainly wouldn't call it a great film, but it wasn't too bad. Yeah. But this is surprising. Why would Disney turn around what, three years out... From the film hitting theaters, mm-hmm. now surely they'd have to be, you know, being an animated feature, they'd be a chunk of the way along, wouldn't they? I mean, obviously they've well, got you songs already so. written and everything else. Well, it goes goes to show that uh, way back when they were going to bring out was it El, El Dorado? Yeah, yep, yep. That it wasn't called that originally. It was this completely different storyline, and uh, the execs didn't like it, and they pretty much just cut it and stopped, oh. and then. Because Sting was doing all the music for it. Oh, really? And then they just went, nah, it's not going in the direction we want. So we cut it. Just cut it. Toss and, it under and, the and, bus. And then, and then, yeah, changed it all completely. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm fascinated. Uh, and I know there'll be a lot of people out there going, oh, but we were looking forward to that. So, yeah, it's been chopped. Okay. Who knows what Disney will replace it with, but I'm sure we will find out uh, in the coming months. Now, also, a bit of Marvel comic news. Phoenix Resurrection is a new... It's in the latest previews, the first issue. Okay, yeah. Uh, and we just got told this week they are actually doing an order-what-you-want lenticular cover on it, mm-hmm. which is uh, after some of the stuff Marvel's been pulling in the last few months with, with varying covers and lenticular, and retailers have been up in arms. Like the whole mm-hmm. Marvel Legacy thing. Yeah. So the first batch, they, you had to order... Stupid amounts if you're a comic shop yep, to yep, yep. be able to get. So, so say it was um, you had to order 150 percent of of a book from three months ago mm-hmm. to be able to qualify to then order what? the lenticular covers on top. Yeah, it, it was crazy. You had to like you almost needed to be a, you know advanced mathematician <laughs> to work out. Um, how you going to order Stephen Hawking couldn't even figure out how to get Chromium Stephen Hawking was, was cracking the shits at uh, Marvel Comics. But seriously, no, he wasn't. Um, seriously, though, a lot of retailers worldwide just went, nope, not going to do it, right? Including mm. some of the big boys in America, in, uh, like MyComicShop.com, Lone Star Comics. Okay. Turn around and went, no. Nah. So they started hitting last week, right? Yeah. And yeah. obviously Marvel's turned around and gone, hmm. Yeah, a lot of retailers didn't take us up on the, this offer. Mm-hmm. So they've now said with Phoenix Resurrection you can order as many of the lenticular covers as you want. So a bit oh. like DC does. DC has an A and B cover, like mm-hmm. uh, your regular and then the variant cover. Yes. You can order it however you want. You can oh, go, that's good. A customer comes and goes, hey, uh, I want the regular cover of Batman 22 mm-hmm. um, and also want the var- uh, the variant. And you go, yep, no worries, we'll get you both. Mm-hmm. You don't have to meet a minimum or anything like yeah. that. You just you want the variant? Cool. Oh, that's good. Um, they've also changed it. It's now going to be weekly. Now, the first Ooh. issue came out and they said it was going to be Lennel Francis U. Yes. Right? Fantastic artist. Got to meet him yeah. a few years ago. Wonderful yep. guy. Now They've now said it's a different artist every week because this book's going to come out weekly. So he's only doing the first issue. I'll tell you the story plot first, <laughs> right? Because I know my wife's going to pick this up. She is a Jean Grey Phoenix fanatic. Right. And I know you used to have a bit of a thing for Femke Jensen who played hey, Jean Grey hey, in the early X-Nate X-Men. on the Anson J- You Jay. did. You had a big crush on her. Um, so this January, fan favourite mutant Jean Grey returns to the X-Men and the Marvel Universe and she's not alone. Do Jean and the Phoenix uh, bring the world life? Uh, or is the destruction of the universe imminent? The mystery unfolds in this five-part epic from blockbuster writer Matthew Rosenberg, featuring five different superstar artists, including startling 3D motion covers with art by Lennel Francis Yu. And what about young Jean, currently time-displaced in the Marvel Universe and battling her own Phoenix visions? It all culminates in Jean Grey number 11, the critical Phoenix resurrection tie-in, which will see young Jean fighting her biggest psych war yet against the Phoenix. Okay, so... 
just remember, if you are getting this series, you're going to need Jean Grey 11. So her solo series where it's young Jean, you'll need that as a tie-in issue. Um, so he, uh, Leonard Francis used in the art on number one. Number two is Carlos Pacheco. We got to interview him on the Gold Coast for Geekspeak a couple of years ago. Okay. Carlos, do you remember that? I don't remember what I did yesterday, dude. <laughs> Some of our fans will, because it was a video and everything mm. where we got to talk to him. He was a lovely gentleman. Uh, English is his second language, so the interview was a little bit shaky at first because we were trying to understand his English, and he was trying to understand our Australian ochre <laughs> accents. Uh, number three, the art is by Joe Bennett. Number four, Ramon Rosanas. And on number five, it's Koi Femme. Uh, and Jean Grey, it's uh, Victor Ibanez and Alberto Albacoiki. Uh, on Jean Grey number 11, I'm going to get in trouble for saying it, that way, Woody Pepper. Seriously, someone. But that's go, how you say it. Someone say you're you're saying that name wrong, Todd. That's how Bugs Bunny taught us how to say it he way did back too. when we were children. This is blame Looney Tunes for it, Jim. I should have turned right at Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Um, is that why you keep dropping anvils on me? Uh, <laughs> also, from uh, the other day, I wanted to talk about this. Marvel Studios celebrated its tenth anniversary. Get that? It's been ten years of Marvel Studios being their own thing. Was, Can you that? Well, I, it, nearly a decade ago that Iron Man, starring Robert Downey Jr., hit the big screen. But I was going to say, it, it didn't say Marvel Studios at the beginning of that, did it? I think it did. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was just Marvel, and then well, well, after it, been, it well, came out... Well, they're celebrable, they keep calling it, though. It's, yeah. it's evolved to Marvel Studios, okay. but they're saying... Ten years. So they had a big get-together the other day, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 uh, director James Gunn posted mm-hmm. a picture to Instagram celebrating the get-together, and he was joined by Michael Rooker, who we know played Yondu. You've seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all! <laughs> um, I just love him in that role. I love him as Yondu. And he uh, he posted a thanks to many of Marvel's Mar- the Marvel Cinematic Universe's key architects for making the whole event possible, uh, which I think is really nice. James Gunn seems like a real top now, is this, bloke, is this the same? Is this the same event where old Mark Ruffalo started streaming live video from it, where they were doing a press conference, and everyone went, whoa, 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 hang on, this is a secret, dude. I'm not sure. So, really? Yeah. I hadn't heard that. Hmm. Now, this is interesting, okay? This did just get discussed over there. Uh, the events of the most recent MCU films will come to a head with the two-part Avengers Infinity War, okay? Now, the first instalment will debut in theatres in America on May 4 next year. Mm-hmm. So it means we'll probably get it a week earlier. We usually do with the Marvel films here in Australia. Uh, it's directed by the Russo Brothers, and I love their Captain America stuff. Love mm-hmm. the Russo Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, it's got all the, the regular people back in it, including Mark Ruffalo, Tom Hiddleston, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, you know, <laughs> Aussie boy, uh, Jeremy Renner, Chris Pratt, Elizabeth Olsen, Sebastian Stan, Benedict Crumplesnatch, uh, Paul Bettany, Kobe Smulders, Benedict Wong, Zoe Saldana, Karen Gillan. Can't they just, just, just yeah. Uh, who was the other one? Um, oh, you know, like Vin Diesel and all that, doing the voice, you know. But it turns out we've also learned that Thor Ragnarok is chapter one of a special Hulk trilogy. Oh. Get this, right? Now, Mark Ruffalo has helped plan this because Marvel have come out and said they won't do a solo Hulk film. Yes. Don't ask me why. It's something to do with the licensing rights or something. It's all kind of, you know, sure, team- sure, it's, sure, it's not from, uh, you know... History proven that Hulk doesn't really sell many tickets. I love the Hulk films. I'm, 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 did film. I say that it was shit? You had that look on your face. I'm just saying that it may not have been financially as successful as some of the were, other films. Though, weren't they? I, I, don't the Hulk, think, I thought the Hulk ones I think did all right. I think the, when the, the first one came out, but yeah, yeah but gradually it's with Eric down. Banner. Yeah, yeah. Who was the director of that? 
I can never remember. Ang Lee. Ang Lee, that's right. Yeah. I had issues with that film. I think the uh, the Ed Norton one was better. Yes, I did I enjoy really, that. Yeah, same here. But anyway, so they've said a team of lawyers have gone, nah, you can't do it. <laughs> the lawyers have stepped in. You the, know, law- the door, the door flings open in, steps a bunch of lawyers with their briefcases going, nope, no Hulk film. Nope, Hulk, Hulk is a shitty character. <laughs> We don't think he deserves a full-on movie by himself. I can't believe you just called him a shitty character. I, anyway, I didn't. The lawyers did. The lo- They're over there. The non-existent lawyers, lawyers did. To our left. Oh. Uh, anyway, so they can't produce a standalone movie uh, due to contractual tangled rights and everything else, okay? Uh, it hasn't stopped the studio, though, from utilising the Jade Giant as a supporting character in other movies, such as Avengers, Avengers Age of mm-hmm. Ultron, right? Now, Mark Ruffalo has revealed that Thor Ragnarok is the beginning of an arc that'll span the next three movies he appears in. Okay. Okay, and this is where it gets interesting. The actor explained how this wide-spanning story came to be. Basically, him and Kevin... Do you say Feige or, or Feige? How do you pronounce his name? I always say Kevin Feige. No, no, it's it, it's it, yeah, it's like Faggy or something. Is it? Yeah. Okay, well, okay. Uh, so he pulled him aside before Th- uh, Thor Ragnarok and said, if you were going to do a standalone Hulk movie, what would it be? And Mark Ruffalo said, I think it should be this, 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 and this, and it ends up like blah. And he's like, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Why don't we do that in the next three movies? Well, how come Bruce... Ra- Starting with Thor 3, and then we go into Avengers 3 and Avengers 4, and apparently that's what's happened. So Thor Ragnarok loosely adapts the Planet Hulk storyline from the mm-hmm. Marvel comics, yes. uh, which explains why the Avengers team teammates running to each other so far off planet, uh, though it's unknown where the character will go from there. We know he'll be developing his ability to talk because of the trailer. Yes. The Hulk can actually talk more now. Yes, yes. Uh, which uh, Ruffalo explains is an important aspect to the character's evolution. Hulk speaking is the start of separating these two individuals, these identities uh, in this split person, you know, like so... Between Hulk and Bruce Banner. And Bruce Banner, yeah. Uh, and that's where we're going to end up. So he's like a baby, so, yeah, he's like a baby, he's like a five-year-old, six-year-old, and he has the same syntax. He has the same worldview, so it's going to be really, really fun. And Chris Hemsworth apparently said they all got to chip in and help him <laughs> develop this character. You can imagine what you know, Chris Hemsworth would have said. So, yeah, apparently we won't get a holo, uh, solo Hulk film. Holo film. Uh, <laughs> that's what we're going to nickname it. Solo Hulk is now going to be Holo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could copyright that name right now, register it. Uh, we should, should we? Then we'll have the team of lawyers burst down the yeah. door. Um, seriously, though, this is cool. So Hulk's going to have his own mini story happening throughout Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. Avengers 3, and Avengers 4. Okay. I think that's freaking awesome, don't you? I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, it's a little bit like, yeah, we'd love to see a solo Hulk film. We're not going to get it, but this is the next best thing. This is the second best thing, yeah, yeah. You know, and sh- like Mark Ruffalo's been underrated, underused as as Bruce Banner, I reckon, and, and the Hulk in these other Marvel the, the, films. The, the, char- the character really is different from what we imagined the character would be. In Definitely. Those past films. Definitely. So, um, more movie stuff for you. Are you a fan of Elijah Wood? Yeah, I am. You are? Yeah. He got asked a question at New York Comic Con, and they said, what character would you love to appear as if you were to do a comic book adaptation movie? And guess mm. what he said? No idea. He wants to, st- uh, to star in the Why the Last Man TV series. Really? Yes. Mm, okay. Yes. He said it's going to get made, apparently. Um, he loves the comic series, and apparently he's um, he came out and gone, I want to be in that. I want to act as Yorick. Okay. Uh, now, the critically acclaimed project has been stuck in developmental hell since 2009 when New Line Cinema da- uh, tagged DJ Caruso to direct and Shia LaBeef. Uh, LaBeouf. LaDouche. LaDouche. We'll just call him Shia LaDouche to star. Now, that would have been horrible, right? No, seriously, Ginge. <laughs> It would have been horrible. 
Uh, the screenwriter reverted back to the uh, the creators, Brian K. Vaughan and Pia Guerra, in 2004 after New Line failed to get it into production. Uh, Vaughan himself confirmed that a pilot episode was already written with American Gods runner, a showrunner Michael Green attached to the FX series, and he described that pl- uh, pilot script as phenomenal and teased that he should have some very cool news about the adaptation soon. Uh, so now Elijah Woods has thrown his hand in the air and gone, hey, hey, I'm interested. So, and you think about it, you get a big name actor who's throwing his weight behind it going, I'm keen. It'll, it'll, it, that gives you bank in Hollywood. I, I can see it being on Netflix. Do you reckon it would be better suited to something like Netflix? Probably. Yeah. Because then it doesn't need to be uh, or self-contained episodes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. With Netflix, I know, and I you like can sort the of Netflix, stretch it a bit more. Yeah, but I like the Netflix thing too of only like 13 episodes. Yes, yes, yes. I like that. Yes. Because I can't, I'm struggling. I can't get into series that are like, was it, what's a regular uh, series? 24 episodes long, most of them? 22, 24, something like that? Like your, your Flash and your, your Green Arrows and all that, yeah, or Arrow, yeah, whatever. I, so. I struggle. I find it's too much filler. Actually, I even struggle with 13 episodes sometimes. Like, look at the mar- <laughs> No, seriously, look at some of the mar- I haven't watched Defenders yet because I'm just like, mm. Actually, the, I've, the, I've watched the first episode. No, the, the only good Defenders were the Defenders with old uh, Jim Belushi. Yes! You sent that to me again the other day. Yes. Uh, it was Jim Jerry Belushi. O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. What a great team up that oh, was. It was a great show. Had nothing to do with comics whatsoever. It was set as two lawyers in Vegas, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'm not seeing a problem with that, no, that, you know that what? idea. Maybe Marvel should have snapped the rights up to that. <laughs> the band would have made for a bit better <laughs> TV. Look, I watched the first episode and I didn't get hooked. Yeah? I'm just going to put that out there. Mm. I'm struggling with the Marvel stuff at the moment. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I really am. Winona Rep though. Man, that is fantastic. That's not Marvel. That's actually based on a uh, IDW series written by Bo Smith back in the day. I think we talked about that on the last we podcast. We did talk about it on the last podcast. So yeah, you're still enjoying it? She, yeah. Well, I finished the first season. Mm. Um, and she's going to be at, at uh, Supernova Brisbane in November. Cool. The, the lead actress. Yeah. So if you want to go down and meet her. And the guy out of it who plays Doc Holliday, mm. he was at Oz Comic Con last, uh, the last two weeks. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. A little bit of interesting gospel for you. Um, Sonic. You ever a Sonic fan? I Sonic was because I was I was a Sega man. Were Sega you? Master System Two. Thank As you. As a sir. Nintendo kid. Yeah. Piss off. Super Mario. Oh, that's harsh. Donkey Kong. Super Mario. It's me, Mario. Um, so you you were a Sega kid. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Sonic. My parents weren't rich. So buying t- Nintendo. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, didn't didn't Sega cost more? I'm not sure. I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Um, did you play Sonic? Yeah, of course. Yeah, was that before? Like, and did you keep playing throughout the so- different- Sonic One, Two, and Three? Yeah, it was Knuckles in there by then. Knuckles, I think, come in three or four, I believe. Really? Yeah. Okay, but you never read the comics? No. Okay. Do you know it's one of the longest running? Game uh, comics based on a game. Ever. Oh, really? Yep. This is still going. Archie were part of, well up until a couple of months ago. Mm. Archie and Sega parted ways. Oh, right. It was up to like oh some phenomenal issue number or something. We had mm. a few people here who used to get it uh, at Kaboom Comics, and uh, yeah, it was like one of the longest running comics. And they had a few wow. other spin outs and everything else. So at New York Comic Con, uh, the news came out that IDW's picked up the rights. Hmm. to Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, the writer is coming across to IDW to continue on. Okay. No yeah. word yet as to whether IDW will continue with the numbering because mm-hmm. they have done that with other series that they've picked up mm. that were published years ago at different publishers. They've kind of bought back the legacy numbering before yeah. Marvel made it cool, before <laughs> Marvel went, hey, look, legacy. IDW hey, was that's like, an Bleh. idea we can steal. I yeah. mean, <laughs> pay homage to. <laughs> 
<laughs> Is that what you call it, Ginge? Yeah, paying homage to something. Paying homage. Yeah. Um, yeah, so before that was a thing, uh, IDW used to do it. So there's talk maybe they will continue on hmm. with that, that legacy numbering. Okay. But Sonic fans are over the moon. They're like, finally, you know, that someone's going to pick it up. Because it's been a few months since we've had an issue. Yeah. And it was all up in limbo. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Archie kind of... Screwed the pooch on that, um, and uh, and lost the license. Mm, okay, which really sucks. Yeah. Um, actually, here he is. I found his name, Ian Flynn. He's going to be the head writer of Sonic. Good uh, on you, Ian. Previously written the series with Archie Comics, uh, and upon the news coming out, uh, the audience at the panel just exploded with excitement and applause. So it went down really, really good. Now the first issue of that Sonic's new Sonic comic is uh, set to debut April fourth, twenty eighteen, so next mm, year in April. Okay. So I guess they're announcing it and giving a bit of a, a run with it. Mm. Speaking of nostalgia stuff, because we both grew up being Ghostbusters fans, <laughs> especially real Ghostbusters. Uh, Playmobil. Yes. You ever seen Playmobil in the I shops? Have, I I have seen um, some videos online from New York Comic Con. Oh, no, 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 from Playmobil. Did you? Did you? See, you haven't seen the Ghostbusters I've range. Seen, I've seen a hint at a Ghostbusters range. They had it on display there. The figures, the little Playmobil figures, actually look like the guys from Real Ghostbusters. Egon's got the kind of yellow, the blonde mm. hair with the curl to the front. Okay. Yep. Um, and everything else. They've got cool ghosts. They've got different vehicles they're bringing out. Oh wow. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be broke. There you go. Have a quick look. I am so going to be broke for the next twelve months. That's Egon and Winston there, and a bunch of ghosts. How freaking cool does that look? I'm not. I've never bought any Playmobil stuff because I always looked at go. I'm a Lego kid, right? Um, Playmobil was always a bit like meh. Um, But I'll tell you what, I'd be tempted to buy that myself. Oh, my gosh. Um, It looks really, really cool. Um, So they've got pink slime, motorized boats, all this kind of cool stuff. Um, They're also doing a How to Train Your Dragon set. So if your kids are in How to... And who isn't, really, you know? Yeah. um, We We all are. Let's admit it. Uh, the, now the Ghostbuster sets, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were previously released some with the firehouse that fits the ecto into the garage and all that. Slimer with a hot dog stand. Um, so yeah, some really cool stuff. So if you're a toy collector and you're a diehard Ghostbusters fan, yeah, you got to be pleased with that announcement there. That's cool. Um, back to comics and back to IDW. Now this is weird, right? Now Marvel is owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now Disney bought it. Uh, uh, who did Big Hero Six? That was Pixar, wasn't it? Who, 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 who's the mob that Disney owns? One of the animation studios that did Big Hero Six. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if if Pixar is owned by Disney, but they definitely are in cahoots. That's what I thought, right? So you'd think if they were going to do a comic series, Disney would just go, "We we own Marvel we're, Comics." We'll yeah, so we'll do just it through there. Print it through our own. No, really. IDW announced that they are bringing out Big Hero Six comics based on. Huh. The animated movie. Um, now they're starting those uh, in 2018, and it's also it's based on the upcoming Big Hero Six animated series that's coming out on Disney XD. Uh, they haven't released any creative teams or, or a proper release date yet, uh, just saying that the series is still in development. Uh, but the p- publisher does promise to release more details very soon. Mm. Now, uh, as uh, reported, it's a bit of a surprising move since Big Hero Six uh, characters originated in Marvel Comics, uh, created by Stephen T. Seagal and Duncan. Uh, Rouleau, and first seen in 1998's Sunfire and Big Hero 6 number one. Now, the characters haven't started in a comic book series since a 2008 Big Hero 6 miniseries, and last appeared in a small uh, role in 2012's Amazing Spider-Man storyline called Ends of the Earth. They made a small little appearance in there, right? So, now IDW's going, we're publishing the, the series. So, they've picked up a few Marvel things like this. They're doing a, a Star Wars comic as well. What's going like, on? It's weird. It's like it's like Disney. Parts of Disney just go, we don't trust Marvel to publish 
books the uh, stuff we own. Now, huh. IDW do your Disney adaptations, Mickey Mouse, Uncle Scrooge, uh, so you know the Walt Disney type classic mm. cartoons, mm. published by IDW. Um, there's a Star Wars like um, animated series comic, okay. published through IDW. And now they're getting Big Hero 6. That's really, it, really weird. Is it because IDW is paying them so much royalties? Um, maybe. maybe. But wouldn't you think Marvel would be kind of going, hey, we can control all that stuff in-house. And that would add extra revenue to Marvel with you those sales so, and everything but- else. You know? But, and, and, and especially when you've got uh, Star Wars, the mm. comic series, Darth Maul, mm-hmm. um, you know, Darth Vader, regular Star Wars, all the tie-in series mm-hmm. they've done, mm-hmm. all published mm-hmm. at Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. And then you turn around and go, we're doing an all-ages book over at IDW. I don't know. An independent What's company. What's going on? That's weird, isn't it? It's freaking weird, I tell you. <laughs> Strange things, I Ginge. Don't, I don't know, man. That's all I've got in the way of uh, news there. There's also some other cool stuff that got announced, but we'll, we'll touch on that in coming weeks I got when some, more information's available. i got some news out of uh, Comic-Con. I've been doing all the talking. Switch over here. Go nuts, sir. So, you, you know that old um, your mate from from Buffy is... My is, mate? ...is, is now uh, being brought on board to do Justice League, right? Uh, Joss Whedon, yes. Yeah. So, he's kicked Junkie XL or JXL. Off from doing the soundtrack. Yeah. He did the soundtrack for Superman Batman. He's brought on board Danny Elfman. Really? Yes. Danny Elfman come out a little while ago and said, you know what? I think I might use the old John Williams Superman tune within the uh, the movie. No way. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Guess what he said the other day? What? He went, oh, there's a few Batman scenes. No, he's not going to use 89 Batman, is he? Yes, he is. Oh, I think I just filled the cup, sir. <laughs> he's incorporating Batman 89 oh. into the new soundtrack. Just give me a minute. Just oh. give me a minute. To... Oh, that is still my all-time favourite score. I love it. Batman 89? Yep. With Ben Affleck? Ah! Oh. I'm just saying. Ah! Oh. I'm just saying. I think I filled the cup. <laughs> Um, that is freaking awesome news. That is wicked That's, news. Now, uh, that is so cool. Speaking of, of New York Comic Con, mm. what drops just after New York Comic Con, which we thought was going to happen at New York Comic Con? They teased about it. Did you see all the posters they had up at New York Comic Con? They, they had life-size cutouts they and did. statues and everything else. Yes. But we didn't actually get the trailer at New York Comic Con. I'm glad we? it's online now, though. No, but it, it dropped the other day. Yeah. They teased about it. They said it's coming out. Oh, my God. Mm. I watched it, and I just I just near wept. Seriously, <laughs> I near wept, hap- like, tears of happiness. My did. Little Pony, the movie, is going to be an amazing movie. <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I think you and I have got different things that we're really waiting for. Justice League. How freaking Justice awesome League. does that look? I d- but I did hear someone uh, kind of, they weren't too happy with the way that Aquaman was talking. Um, I've the, fra- heard, the phrasing, yeah. my man. They really reckon he sounded like a uh, stereotypical person from the seventies. Really? Yeah. I um, I've got to have an issue with it. I've heard similar complaints, but I think just wait and see it in the context of the film. Yeah. But are people? But are people still upset that that Cyborg hasn't said booyah? <laughs> I bet he does in the film. Yeah. Um. Who knows? Chances are. But we, yeah, we've had all these trailers, and they still he hasn't said it. November is when the movie hits the big screen, mm. right? So it's, it's it's not that far off, no, right? No. Uh, and I'm surprised they held off this long to bring the, the, the new trailer. Yes, out, to be honest yes, with you. Yes, yes. But I am excited. I can't wait to see it. The other thing that just dropped, and I swear, fanboys around the world <laughs> cried. I've seen reactions online. I've seen uh, people responding 
to this trailer and there's tears streaming in their face. They're yeah. crying from watching it. And it's the new Star Wars trailer, The Last Jedi. Mm. Now, Ginge, I know you're a massive Star Wars fan. Me, I'm going to go watch it, but I, I, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. We've said that before. What was your reaction, big fella? Are you trying to do like a, a weak uh, Darth Vader impersonation oh, there? Or? It was pretty good. Yeah? It was pretty good. I'm I, I I'm I'm a little bit apprehensive. Yeah. Apprehensive. Why? I just there was a few moments in the trailer that were like the like the little buddy Porgs. Yeah. Por- no, por- porg. Is it Porgs? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm it, like, is that just it, Disney little, trying to sell a soft toy? Yeah, it seems like a little bit, of, and a little bit of comedy sort of parts with that, you know? Yeah. I'm like, but the director is Rain Johnson, the bloke that did Looper. So, yeah. actually, I love that film. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I've got hope. You, you I, reckon, I reckon it's going to be great. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be great. Do you, um, because my wife and I watched it together, and she kind of went, you know, there's a bit in there with Luke. Yeah. And he looks really scared, and he's like, you know, I should, I wasn't scared before, but I'm scared now, or something like mm, that, you mm. know. Um, and she looked at me, she goes, he better not cut and run. Like, he better not be the kind of guy See, who's going to... This is something I've been thinking about, too, because uh, I would have, like, with with all the books and all the comics and that, like, Luke went off and started the new Jedi Order and, and stuff like that. Yeah, you know? but I remember, they're saying that's that... N- now not canon. That's yeah. not canon anymore. All but that stuff's not canon. Th- this seems like, uh, yeah... Like, he kind of finished off, what, episode six? Yeah. And then kind of went into hiding. This has been kind of hiding out in, in terror of, yeah. of whatever's coming. Yeah. I don't know, but I look, I'm keen to see it. Um, tickets are already on sale. Mm-hmm. They went on sale the day the, the, the trailer drops. Yes. There's yes, midnight screenings. We actually had a look at the local one. Um, not that I'd go to the midnight screening. I'm too old and tired. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll wait until the next day. I'll go and see it the, first, like, the next day, the yep. day it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the, the local cinema has got, like, four screenings on around midnight. Oh, really? There's, like, there's 12.01 and I think there's a 12.03 yep. and like a 12.05 or something like that. They were already starting to fill up. There were chunks of the cinema when you went online. Mm. It was already full. Really? People, people had already just gone straight on. Are they going to lead up to, to that one? Like you're going to watch one before and then you're going to watch this new uh, one I don't think so. I think you just, you'll go in cold. Really? Most people probably go home and they'll try and watch something beforehand maybe. I don't know. Some pe- There's people out there who will take the day off and they'll just sit there and binge them until that night. Mm. You know, they'll just sit there and watch back to back and then go that night. Man, you want some good caffeine or something, wouldn't you? You want some stimulants to keep you, you awake. You would, th- you would think they would they would play The Force Awakens before it so they can make extra money. You'd think so, but I don't yeah. think a lot of them will. Why are these businesses not t- taking <laughs> our ideas? Jeez, you should be in charge of cinemas in Australia. These business ideas are just <laughs> coming thick and fast. What else you got for us? Any other gossip? Um, the only other news I've got is uh, Bruce Tim. Yes, legendary creator, uh, co-creator of Batman the Animated Series and all yes. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and, and co-creator of, of, of Harley Quinn. And he was uh, being asked about Kingdom Come, about whether or not they would ever do that as an animated, animated movie. movie. Oh, tell me, Ginge, dish the dirt, sir. Uh, he, he, he keeps on being asked this question over and over again, and he said, Kingdom Come will never be an animated movie. You've just broken my heart. But... See, hear that? Hear that sound? That's my heart breaking. Oh. Oh. That's sad. Yeah. He, and the reasoning is that... The animation will never look as good as Alex, Alex Ross's, Ross's art. Look, I understand that. I appreciate that. And, yeah, I know it would cop a lot of criticism. But then again, if they went away from the traditional animation style, if they went more CG style that had that kind of look to it... Maybe. That could work. But is that... Is it, but 
if they do that, you know how I'm saying, like with the Batman Arkham games, you know, mm-hmm. the, the video, that, like yes. that stuff is just phenomenal. Yeah. But is that classed as animation or is that CGI? Well, what is that classed well, as? Well, it's the same thing. But but do they refer to it more as like your classic animation, which is what they're bringing out now? Oh, you're talking about like 2D animation and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So is that why he's saying, is he saying that it may never happen in regular 2D animation well, is what we're seeing from, from DC at the moment? He's saying that um, the money just isn't there. To be spent to, to make it look that good. It's sad. And, I, and, he, and he says, you know, like a lot a lot of the, the fan base comes from the art basis rather than the storyline basis of Kingdom Come. I can understand that, but I, like, I always thought the story of Kingdom Come was just phenomenal. I enjoyed the story, but I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if the artwork had not have been oh, really? what it was. You snob you. I'm just saying. I, I come from the, from the art side of it. Yeah, I know you do, and I come from the story side of it. Yeah. And, and together, we make a perfect pair. Uh, <laughs> right, can I talk about some comic stuff? You can talk about some comic stuff. Right, I want to talk about... Uh, now, I, I said... I teased it. I sizzled it, as you said. Uh, Punisher the Platoon, uh, number one, came out last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it's... I'm just trying to flick here to that get to it. That is pretty nice. Um, it's uh, Goran Palov. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you're like, yeah. over the top of your head. But anyway, written by Garth Ennis, one of the legendary mm-hmm. Punisher writers. I still say yes. his, his run on Punisher is my all-time favourite. Now, this is a story about – it's done from the the perspective of a writer yeah. who has got these old Vietnam vets around a table and goes, tell me about your commanding officer, mm-hmm. Frank Castle. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are like, oh, yeah. and they're reluctant to talk at first, and then they start opening up about – their time when he first arrived to lead them in, in um, Vietnam. Yes, yes. And you get somewhere near Quezon or something like that, right? And, uh, yeah, and there's something going on. Like it, it's It's been described online as, oh, it's a lot of talking heads, you know? And I, But I yeah, I don't think it's a fair hmm. um, uh, criticism for this issue. It's a setup, and I'm, you're going to see more. Yeah. you see Frank, he doesn't stuff around. Like, he kind of plays a little bit dumb. He's like, oh, you, you know, they're like, oh, what do you know about the situation here, sir? And he's like, oh, nothing. You feel mean. Yep. And so they go, they're meant to do reconnaissance on a village, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you know, the, the pre- other company, because they're Kilo Company 4 or something, Kilo Company 3 or 5, keeps saying, oh, you know, the two ladies actually go out and do it. They just keep saying, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's safe. Because they don't want to leave the safety, you know. Oh, right. There were yes. snipers yes. in that area. Yes. And these guys are like, we're about to walk into this. And Frank's like, hmm, dial up an airstrike. Oh, they won't give us an airstrike. Yeah, they will. Let me read yeah. And he's like, I want an airstrike on this. Boom. Oh, why? Oh, we've seen insurgents there or something like that, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> right? Turns out, spoiler alert, that there must have been some Viet Cong there because you yep. su- then flash to the Viet Cong uh, commander who's interviewing um, a female Viet Cong um, you know, underling yeah. who's been patched up. She was there in the tunnels underneath. And she's mm. like, I saw a big American. I'm going to make him pay for what he's done. Ooh. So you get the two sides of this thing. Yeah. And, and did Frank see something? Did something shine that he's gone, yeah, dropping it, airstrike on this? Yeah. Or did he have information that he knew the Viet Cong it was, were, was under it, this village or something like yeah. that. So, yeah, you know, it's all going to be explained later on. This is a, a set-up issue. And I tell you what, I freaking loved it. I really loved it. Geordie Belair, the colourist, I love his colouring style. And I think it really suits Goran Parlov's um, uh, pencils on this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, once again, Garth Ennis writing it. So, Punisher the Platoon number one out in comic shops right now. That's cool, man. Look, man, I seriously give it a... Um, I'll give it a four out of five. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. I'm waiting to see where it goes, and hopefully uh, there is more to the next issue. Um, but, yeah, I enjoyed that first mm-hmm. one. Uh, Batman 32 by DC Comics. 
Written by uh, Tom King. Now, he's been doing the whole um, war of jokes and riddles that I told you about. Uh, now, he's got Mikhail Janin, Janin uh, on the pencils, inks and cover on this, and June Chung doing the colours. So, yeah, look, this art style has been pretty good. It's, it tells the story in a good way. There's whole pages here with no, um, there's no dialogue. So it's just panels, right? Mm. Uh, and you check out the artwork, and it just it yes. tells the story. Look, I'm yes. showing you here yeah, as, yeah, yeah. as we're going. It tells the story so well. Now, going back, so Batman 24, um, which we, we now nicknamed the Proposal Issue. Okay, yes. It's on like it's four, fourth or fifth printing. Oh, really? Like, yeah, man. Like, it sold so well. People <laughs> just snapped up. I was reading it at home. I'm in bed. The wife's lying beside me. She's reading a book. I'm reading uh, Batman 24. It's a few months ago. And I got to the end where Batman proposes to Catwoman. And I was like a fa- the, the typical fanboy. I'm like, oh! And the wife is like, and I've dropped the book on my chest. I'm like, oh! Boom! And the wife's looking at me with this look on her face. And she's just gone, what the hell are you reading? And I'm like, oh, my God, you've got to read this. I didn't say anything to her. I flipped back a couple of pages. I said, yep. read from there. Mm-hmm. She's reading through, gets to the end of the final panel and goes, oh, my God. And I went, yes. I, I love the fact that, that your wife had a more masculine response <laughs> to this story than you did. She's probably sitting at home listening to this right now, nodding along, <laughs> grinning from ear to ear. But, yeah, so we both had that reaction. Wow. Customer, as soon as that the, the kind of news started flowing out, mm-hmm. man, we couldn't keep it on shelf. We, we sold out. We got in the second print. We were on to the third. I don't think we've, we've hit any of the full. We yep. kind of tapered off by the, the third print. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so this and and then it kind of that was the start. Then it led into the War of Jokes and Riddles, mm-hmm. where we've seen Kite Man. Now okay. you look and go, Kite Man, what a stupid character! <laughs> it's tragic, man. You you feel for this character like he. Um, the War of Jokes and Riddles is a war between the Joker and the Riddler. Yep. The Joker recruited a whole ton of Arkham villains. Mm-hmm. So did the the Riddler. Batman's stuck in the middle. Gotham's kind of feeling the pain for this because they're going uh-huh. to war. These two, you know, yep. idiots going at one another. Kite Man. Um, essentially kind of, uh, without ruining it, you end up learning, well, I'm trying not to ruin it, spoiler alert, I guess. Um, he was like a catalyst. He was a plant. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like the Riddler killed his kid and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it messed him up. Like, it, yeah. you know, his kid died because of this war of jokes and riddles. Yeah. And he kind of, there's, a, there's an issue there, like the Ballad of Kite Man. And, man, seriously, it's a sad fucking issue because this bloke lost his kid due to these idiots. And, yeah. and he was powerless. He was, like, considered a joke. Yeah. You know, but at the end, he's kind of the reason that Batman could get into get these two together and then take them down mm. at the end of it. Um, so, yeah, you've got a different perspective on Kite Man by the time you read this wow. whole story arc. But, yeah, number 32 is the end, essentially, of The War of Jokes and Riddles, and it kind of finishes off with an answer to the proposal. Now, do you want me to tell you what what, what Selena Cole Catwoman says? Well, we're going to have to put a real big spoiler. Spoiler alert. I'm sure you'll do it in, in, in post. Spoiler alert. The answer is she says yes. Okay. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. Wow. Um, so we're going to have that to deal with. There will be the whole thing of the, them, uh, their relationship progressing mm-hmm. and everything else. Now, now, now is Batman and Catwoman getting married or Bruce and Selena it's getting Bruce married? Bruce and Selena. She says yes to Bruce. 
Right. There you go. Uh, Batman's 32, the War of Jokes and Riddles, the whole storyline, this whole hmm. War of Jokes and Riddles and the interlude, you know, the Battle of Kite Man and everything else. What can I say? Solid five out of five. Tom King is nailing it mm-hmm. at, at DC at the moment. His Batman run has been phenomenal. People rave about Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo in the mm-hmm. New 52. Don't get me wrong, their first few volumes were great. And then for me, it tapered off. And for a lot of other people, they dropped off Batman. Um, you know, Tom King's come out with Rebirth, and he's been the writer. And he reckons he wants to write Batman for at least 100 issues. Wow. He's on board. He says, I've got 100 issues. This is a guy who, by the way, he's a novelist, and he's also a former CIA guy. He works wow. for the CIA. He's now writing Batman. Wow. So, yeah, like you look at that and go, this, this guy's got some chops. He's to seen some stuff, so he, he can yeah. take inspiration. Probably, yeah. Um, and he's come out and said, I'm on Batman for a while. Like, I've got 100 or more issues to tell. That's awesome. And we're up to 32, so you know he's got another 60-something issues at yeah. least in him. You know, a couple more years' worth. Um, don't get me wrong, Snyder and Capullo doing amazing things on Batman Metal at the moment mm-hmm. where they've teamed up again. Issue three of that comes out uh, tomorrow. So, yeah, we'll be talking about that in a future podcast. Mm-hmm. And give a bit of an update. Cool. It's fantastic. But I want to bump along. Oh, by the way, I, I was going to give it a rating. I got just, uh, sidetracked. So the whole story arc, the whole Batman, War of Jokes, and Riddle, solid five out of five from me. Yeah. Fantastic. Shit. Go to your comic shop, hit them up for it. It will start coming out in trade very, very soon. Mm-hmm. It'll be volume four in, in trade paperback, okay. I believe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you start seeing that coming out soon. But if, Track the back issues down. Yeah. Read it. It's phenomenal. It's, it's all pretty much just in Batman. It doesn't cross across into, you know, oh, good. Uh, Detective Order. Yes. Detective runs its own thing. Batman runs its own thing. Um, and Batman, oh, look, everyone's going to go, oh, your bat's heavy this week. And of course it is because he's my favorite <laughs> character. Um, i got to finish my comic part of the podcast off with Batman White Knight yeah. by Sean Murphy. Uh, this is just phenomenal. Now, Sean Murphy has done the script, he's done the art and the covers. Matt Hollingsworth, and this guy's colouring is just... He works so well with Sean Murphy. Yeah. Um, he's done the colours inside and the cover colours, okay? Todd Klein doing the lettering. Um, dude, have a flick through this while I talk about it. Sean Murphy's artwork is phenomenal. His Batman, his Joker, Harley, uh, Night, his take on Nightwing. He's, it's essentially the animated series Nightwing with a jacket on. Um, his art style's kind of got that bit of a Batman animated series does. feel to it. But, like, uh, grittier, if you know what I mean. Yes, uh, yes, yes, um, yes. The story arc is just phenomenal. It's an eight-issue series. This issue one's just coming out. It is, a, like, freaking selling the hotcakes worldwide. We sold out here the first day it came out. We've got more coming back in. Uh, we're trying to get the variant covers now, the black and white covers, all this kind of stuff, because fans have just gone crazy for it. Um, it's a different take on the story of Batman and Joker, essentially. Mm-hmm. So in this, Batman just goes rank, and he's just like, you know, in front of the cops, someone films it, he's, you know, he's got the Joker, he's beaten the living daylights out of him, and he's in a pill factory, like, like so there's all this uh, drugs that the FDA's recalled. Yep, yep, yep. So Batman's like, and, you know, Joker's there like, you're the problem with Gotham. He's, you know, you are the biggest issue with Gotham, and Batman's beating the hell out of him, and he goes, these kind of pills could cure someone like me or whatever. So Batman grabs him and goes, oh, you think they do? And he just shoves these pills down Joker's throat, right? <laughs> so the Joker almost stops breathing or whatever else. He's carried off. He's put in hospital. When he recovers... 
because uh, the media gets hold of it. So the media's kind of going, you know, it's it's a bit like real world things yeah. now. You know, you got yeah. um, you got uh, people are like, um, oh, the poor Joker. You know, how does a vigilante get away with this? What's the Gotham Police Department doing? This is police brutality. The flip side, hey, he's a criminal. He should, you know, they should have put him out of his, out of everyone's misery years ago. See, the you know, it's very fifty yeah. fifty. Um, the mayor drags Jim Gordon in. He tears off Jim Gordon. You know, I go, what are you doing about this? You know, like, this is you because of you. You're an, you and your inept bloody police department allowing this kind of thing, mm. you know? And then Dr. Leslie, she comes in. She goes, um, look, he's he's going to survive. But since he's he's reco- like recovering, he just spends all his time in the, in the uh, library. He's studying. They're like, what is, what's he studying? Law. Looks like he's going to sue us. Uh, and so the mayor's like to Gordon, what can you do to shut him down, you know? And Gordon goes, anything we do is going to make us look even guiltier, mm. right? And so then it kind of gets towards the end of the comic. Spoiler alert! <laughs> and the Joker, you know, they bring him in and they're sitting him down. Oh, okay, oh, what's, your, what's your deal? What do you want to sit us down, you know, talk to us with? And he goes, I'm going to lay it out. I'm suing Batman. I'm suing you because you've sanctioned him and I'm suing the city because it's your police department. I'm going to put an end to this. It's time that the city, that, that you guys answer for your crimes of allowing vig- these vigilantes running around Gotham. I'm going to be the white knight that Gotham needs. Oh, shit. Right? Now, there's a flashback in that comic. Or sorry, a flash forward. Yep. Right? To where Batman's locked up in Arkham and Joker is in... Wayne Manor using the Wayne Manor fortune, like the Wayne family fortune. Shit. So, and he's obviously not the Joker anymore. He's uh, uh, Napier, Jack Napier. Wow. Uh, so they've Holy actually named they've man. named him. Shit. And so yeah, and at the very start of it, as you see, is the flash forward. It's the the uh, yeah, like Batman's chained up in in, in Arkham. Asylum. I love the Batmobile in this too. Oh, the Batmobile is phenomenal. In the background of one of the shots with the Joker in in Arkham, you can see the Batman animated. Poster hanging up on the oh, wall. Oh yeah, because you know it flashes back to him in in in, in um, Arkham, and he was a massive bat nut. He's mm. got all the action figures, the yeah. toys, everything else. You know, um, Batgirl in this looks phenomenal. I think they've drawn her really well. And as I said, I love the, the take on Nightwing. It's this, yeah. it's the animated series Nightwing with the jacket on. Mm. Batman is brutal. Yes, in this. So um, I might have to pick that up as a trade when it comes out. Great, I don't know if I'm going to be able to wait that long. Oh, well, you might have to get the single issues. Um, as I said, it's eight issues long. First one's out. When this gets collected, I can I guarantee you now. I'm predicting it. This will be a DC perennial bestseller. Yeah. This is the kind of book people are going to walk in and go, oh, "I want to read something uh, Batman related." And comic shop owners are going, if they're a good comic shop owner, will turn around and go, "Read this, this collection." Read this and read Hush. Yep, Hush is always a perennial bestseller, and you'll go read White Knight. By the way, this wow. is going to be fantastic. That's this, incredible. I would seriously, if if I'm going to give this a rating out of five, it's a six and a half out of five. <laughs> it can't be rated anything under just phenomenal. It is. Ah. Go to your comic shop, pick up Batman White Knight number one, put down for the rest. You will not go wrong. I've not heard anyone say a bad word about this series at all. There you mm. go, Jeans. That's my comic stuff for the week. Not uh, not endorsing theft, but it, that might be the issue that a uh, a bloke in New York. <laughs> I, you know? knew, I knew we were going <laughs> to finish off with this. I knew it. Times Square's Manhattan. A man in custody in Midtown yep. is in custody after he jumped out of the second floor window of a comic book store. Yeah, there's a picture of it as well. You can see the broken mm-hmm. window, and it is. It's like second story. Yeah, police say the 24 year old was trying to steal a comic at Midtown. When he tried to elude the security, so he jumped out of a window. That's right. Apparently, it was just one comic. I just I, they were pulling him up because they reckon he, sus- he was suspected of stealing um, one comic, I, and he's just panicked and gone. <laughs> he's gone. Ah, there's a window. <laughs> 
you know I, might, I might be able to fly. If you were over... I really... <laughs> I believe I can fly. <laughs> Just... <laughs> There's no word on whether this guy's been really injured or anything well, like the, that. I, ha- I have read since that it says he was taken into custody with minor injuries. Minor inju- injuries. Um, and, you know, I feel sorry for Midtown Comics because they've got to replace a window on the second level. It, 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 it sort of... I, actually po- I, I did post this story to uh, my my business page, Kaboom Comics, mm-hmm. here in Australia, and I was like, uh, okay, Kaboomers, whatever you do, do not try this at Kaboom. <laughs> and I put in brackets because it's really expensive to replace our front glass. Mind you, the, the minor injuries might be you could just walk straight out because you're on the bottom level. Here? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want to walk through a plate glass, mate. It's pretty made sharp. Ki- made me kind of think of what would be the best way to get away with stealing from a comic shop. And yeah, I thought, no, jumping out of a second story, yeah, ain't it? I thought maybe I could send you in in, yeah. in like disguise as like guy incognito. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm guy incognito as, as, as a guy from like the 1800s to walk into the, <laughs> with a top hat. Yeah, with a top hat and everything. <laughs> Hello, I am after your greatest Batman issue, and you'll go, yeah, Batman White, White Knight, Knight number yeah. one here, buy this. And and while whilst I'll tunnel up from from stormwater drains underneath the shop. Yeah, there's up, a lot of, this, this sounds like a really um, elaborate and possibly expensive way of stealing a comic, Ginge. Well, you know, jetpacks haven't been invented yet, so no. I'm not going out of the realms of possibility, am you I? You don't reckon you'd come in through the roof? Like Mission Impossible style? Yeah. <laughs> You could. What, what kind of rope would hold me? <laughs> It'd have to be a real high tensile buddy cable. Um, I was going to say, and, and you sweat like a demon. So, like, yeah. if there were any pressure sensors on the floor, exactly. Be, then again, what comic shop would be making enough money to have a decent security system like pressure sensors in the floor? <laughs> you know, it's just beyond the realm of possibility. I'll, 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 I'll steal. I'll steal a crane from like a local building site. <laughs> with me, swing it around here. Swing with, around with here. Me on the controls. You know, getting distracted by like, oh, that dog's got a puffy tail. I'll, be, I'll, I'll be hooked up, and you, and you know, I'm like down. No, no, down! <laughs> left! Your left! The other left! <laughs> trying, trying to come through the skylight of the building. Oh, God damn it. I'll tell you what, though. Um, good on Midtown Comics that, uh, you know, the, that obviously nothing horrible, horrible happened. Mm. This, it could have ended differently. This bloke could have broken his neck or, or smashed his skull yeah. in or whatever else. Luckily, he's only got minor injuries. Hopefully, it's a lesson to other people. Don't store, uh, steal from your local comic book shop. It's just not not on. I, I was I, the part of the story that scared the shit out of me was that they've got security. Who Midtown? Yeah, man, there's a bunch of shops. Uh, King's Comics in Sydney. If you go in there, I don't know whether it's every day of the week. I went in one day. My last trip to Sydney. Hmm. Me and a mate we were down there and. Um, we went in on New Comic Book Day, yep. and they actually had a security guard um, checking bags going out of the store. Right. So anyone who came in, when you went to go out, uh, they would check any bag that you I had. I guess I've just lived in a very sheltered life. Um, yeah, like, oh, we've had some theft up here in Toowoomba, but um, usually because it's one of these things, and I mean, I'm not knocking other comic shops or whatever else, but there are a large number of shops I've been into, mm. uh, comic and pop culture stores, where you don't get greeted when you walk in. Yes. Right? You can, you're just another person through the thing. The clerk may look up and give you a little bit of a, like a, an acknowledgement nod, mm. but they don't say, g'day, how you going, or whatever else. Um, and it's a big thing with my customers. They notice it when they go to other stores and don't get that. Because yes. as soon as you walk through the door here, no matter if I'm on, my wife's on, um, one of our staff, yeah. we've, we've drilled it in. You know, when someone walks through the door, just even if you're in the middle of a conversation, or a mm-hmm. sale, just look at them and go, G'day, how are you? And straight Something away, you know what they do, do for you? Yeah, experts reckon straight away 
you got ninety percent or something less chance of getting shoplifted because people because you're know. You, no, well, you've acknowledged them. Yeah. They know that you've acknowledged them. They're yeah. like, oh, okay, he knows I'm in the shop, mm. or she knows I'm in the shop. Mm. Okay, um, and what I do as soon as I'm finished the sale, or or I'll, or I'll excuse myself from a conversation, go oh, excuse me for one sec, and I'll go, uh, how anything I can help with, or you're just happy to have a browse around. And mm. most times, most people are like, oh, I'm just happy to have a browse, and you're like, no worries, just shout out if I can help you with anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, straight away. Um, you've, you've made a hypnotism on them. Hey, you've used hypnotism on no, them. No, I don't know about that. You tap them on the shoulder and go, "Is there anything, anything I can, can do, do for you?" You've watched yeah. too much. Uh, now you see me. Mm. Um, but seriously, they reckon yeah, straight away ninety something percent less chance of getting shoplifted because you've acknowledged them. They know someone knows they're in the shop and all that kind of stuff. They're not just you know they're just kind of like a uh, guy incognito. <laughs> yeah, they don't just blend into the surroundings. Um, and my customers have noticed that at other shops. If they go to another shop, they come in and they go, you know what, I went down to comic shop A yep. um, in Sydney or whatever else. And then they'll go, I didn't like it. And you're like, why? And you go, man, that's a massive store. You know? And they're like, yeah, I know it is, but I didn't get greeted. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, okay. And it yeah, seems it's like big, such a simple thing. Once they've had it a few times, once they've been into a shop that does it, they notice when it, they go into a place that doesn't do it. Mm. So if you're a comic retailer, you're, you're listening, and you haven't drilled it into your staff, make sure you tell them. Um, or it doesn't have to be comic retailing. Any retailer. If you've got people coming into your business, your shop, um, you should greet them. Mm. First thing. And I'll tell you what, you probably have less theft. Well, there you go. There you go. Don't jump out a window if you do steal yeah. a comic. Although... Do you think you could get, like, one of those body paint artists to paint your body up to look like the wall of comics? I know I'm a big canvas, but <laughs> I'm just saying. You could digitally print it onto you, I guess. Um, but seriously, though, mate, you'd notice. You'd like, why is, is Avengers, you know, 675 suddenly up that way instead of being down that way? You're like, that Thor looks very bulgy. <laughs> is that a lenticular cover? <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's moved. Uh, you're a worry, Jeans. Oh. You got any other gossip, sir? Is that it for the week? I think that's just about it for me. Mate, always a pleasure podcasting Thank with you. you. Um, make sure, Geek Speakers, you do go along and hit subscribe on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We've uh, had a few people tell us that because um, we hadn't done anything for so long when they were doing their podcast list, they'd bumped us off. So go and put us back on. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> subscribe. Make sure, make sure you subscribe. Where can they subscribe? Um, go to our Facebook page, fa- uh, facebook.com forward slash Geekspeak TV. Yep. And, um, or just uh, search for Geekspeak Live on iTunes, Podcast, Stitcher, everything. All, all, Put any, it in. Any- you will find us. And, uh, yeah, we hope to be doing this uh, on a lot more regular basis. If there's something you want us to talk about or an old movie, something you reckon Jin should yeah. check out, uh, shoot us a message on the Facebook page. Yeah, sounds good to me. Mate, absolute pleasure podcasting with you again tonight. Thank you very much. Wake up some pots and pans. I've been your host, Todd Bailey. You've been listening to Geekspeak Live. Stay geeky, Australia. Yeah.